Start that countdown. Five, four, you better strap yourself in. Three, two, buckle up, motherfucker. Five. Wait, why did you go back to five? It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Oh my god, we got a great show. Holy shit, it's Maggie Q. Here she is for all of you. Magatha, 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 Magdelicious. <laughs> is it that, on already? That was your intro. Oh, amazing. Let's pause it. Okay. All right. Do you have an apple? I have an apple. <laughs> I have everything I need. Are you taking that chair? For your oh, leg? Do you, oh, sorry. Do you want that chair? You. No, for I your want butt? you to be absolutely comfortable. I'm so comfortable. Okay. So, um, I'm here I love with how you. easy this is to do. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I do this all the time with amazing people. Until now. And well, no, you're also <laughs> an amazing person. <laughs> um, so, tell them what we're doing here. Tell the audience what we're doing here. What we're doing currently sitting here. Well, why we're why why are we back together? Why are we reunited? Yes, reunited and it feels so good. Well, I don't know how, but we're gonna have to auto tune that. We're gonna have to auto tune that. Yeah, my side only. There's a lot of cars passing by. Is it too loud? Do you think? Fuck it. Who cares? Um, They're gonna listen to it anyway. We're reunited for this little little tiny little movie called The Argument. Yeah, it's a big little movie. Yeah, that you're starring in. Um, about a couple who gets into an argument at a dinner party and to figure out who's right to figure out who's right they decide they're going to recreate the night over and over again to all of their friends utter horror and it snowballs from there <laughs> and it feels like it's like an homage to like Clue and totally Soap Dish and... it's a throwback movie but our director's a throwback kind of guy Robert Schwartzman. Robert Schwartzman, who we just went to a Dodgers game with. Yeah. Who's epic. And you ate veggie dogs? I did. And I just had a veggie poop. That's why I was... <laughs> oh, that's why I was waiting so long? Yes. Tell me, was the veggie poop better than a regular poop? Um, It looked at me, <laughs> and I never had that happen before. And it said, so, you like that veggie dog, huh? <laughs> and uh, they said, they said it was made out of pee. Pee. <laughs> Wait, peas. Peas. <laughs> Which is a little different than pea. Yeah. And I thought that you were saying Pete. That it was made out of some guy named Some guy Pete. named Pete. Or like Pete Moss. But he was a vegetarian. And so technically. <laughs> That's right. You get the trickle down effect. <laughs> he was plant based. So. <laughs> yeah, he was. A, they find a vegan named Pete. Technically. They ground they, up all they his kill him. <laughs> they kill him? All the nine volume vegans kill him. Because wow. um, he was veg, it's a veg dog. I kind of like want something like that when I, when I die, like, like when I'm cremated for all my stoner friends to gather around and like get high off of me. Wow! Because of all the THC molecules that are floating. That's in deep. My... Do you think they'd get high? They would, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just two four seven. Um, so. Do you know what I do for all of my my really cool guests? No, tell me. We got we got helicopters. I mean, it's LA. You can't. So first of all, yes, we are contemplating 
a balls of fury to we are something because if it's up to us we'll do it we'd lo- exactly I mean, we'd love to do it um we have to go through the red tape first we just met with uh george lopez <laughs> the greatest uh we had some dinner with him last night and that yeah. was awesome it was so good he's such a good dude i just love him he's so he's always the same yeah he's got that very chill fun he's, he's so chill. energy and he's got that that august stoner fest he, i don't he's an august stoner fest which is amazing. Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know. We are. Well, we're inviting all of you listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we're invited. We're not telling you when in August or yeah, where. Yeah, or where. But... but he has, he was telling us about this, like, annual party he throws where... People can do what they want. All sorts of people come out and do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, we can't say who, but, like, people we really want to get high with. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to be there. <laughs> for fucking sure so you know what I do um, tell me do you know what your name it's kind of like the it's like the name game or... oh not your stripper name no no okay. no because mine's good what's your stripper name what's yours isn't it your the street it's you grew up on and your first pet right and then the street you grew up on so my stripper I have name, a weird one mine is tell me yours first you want to hear mine first yeah yeah, yeah absolutely the first pet I ever had was a tadpole what did you have a name yeah I named him for what he looked like uh huh and I thought he looked kind of like Rackley. His name was Rackley? His name was That's Rackley. really cute, actually. I was like, he looks Rackley. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, all right, it's Rackley. Rackley, what was the street name? East 71st Street? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess, it, I guess that works. Rackley. Rackley, East 71st Street? That might, that might be the most anti-stripper name I've ever... <laughs> What's yours? Mine is Sparky Kylie Ula. Wow, that's great. That's a great stripper name. Sparky Kylie Ula. Up next, Sparky Kylie Ula is going to swing around for you. (laughs) Watch out, boys. You may get laid. I've got the name. I don't have the chest. But if the acting game doesn't work out, you know, who knows? That's very Hawaiian. It's very Hawaiian. (laughs) It couldn't be more Hawaiian. (laughs) So what do you do with your desk? What's the name game? Okay, so here's the name. Okay. So, um, Margaret. Do you know what Margaret means? Well, they named it that after saints because we were super Catholic. Right. Well, they're still super Catholic. Right. <laughs> but do you do you know what what it means? What Margaret means? Oh no, I don't. No, it means something. It means pearl. No. Yeah. yeah look, I have a. Do you have a pearl? A pearl on. Just that's the only thing I'm wearing. One pearl. That's weird. Okay. I don't wear pearls, but I just got back to the So your middle name is Denise. Yep, that's right. Do you know what this is? You have a great, really cool really? name. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. See, my my name is my name is Dan Fogler, and Daniel it means um, um, uh, God is my judge. Wow. Yeah. So it's either like I'm fucked, or I'm just like fuck you. Don't judge me. <laughs> God's my judge, motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so Margaret means pearl. Denise means, which I, I love this. I, I never knew this. Wow. Denise means devoted to Dionysus. What? Do you know who Dionysus is? Yeah. Bacchus. Yeah. Greek god of wine and wow. hanging out. The great. That's so great. Quigley. Oh, I don't know what that means. Servant of God. No way. Quigley means servant of God. You have the your name is Pearl, devoted to Dionysus, servant of God. That's devoted epic. to Dionysus and then servant of God. And they kind of go together because God's early people were drunkards. 
You got it. They hung out and they drank a lot of wine. Communing with the spirits. That's a really Catholic name. And they named me after a Catholic saint, so... I mean, that really worked out for them, but... Because I work in they, they, were go, they were going so Catholic, and then they, they hit on Denise, and that's, like, extremely pagan. Totally. <laughs> Which, perfect. <laughs> it's the living dichotomy, you know? The heart of the artist. That is so interesting. Yeah. I've never ever even thought to look up. No one ever does. Okay. That's why I do. And how this. did you get on that? Because I've always been interesting, interested in it because of Steven Spielberg. Because I love when people's names they become. What is his name? What mean? The, Spielberg. Spiel means Spiel. means play. Right. And Berg means mountain. He's a mountain of fun. Play mountain. Spielberg. And that's his movies, man. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna live my Denise my best life right now. Yeah, I think that's what's, that's what's going on. Um. So what? So. So Quigley. I mean, which is a cool name. It's very Irish. I mean, Colin Farrell told me that that's like Smith. Right. In Dublin. Yes. He said exactly. it's the most common name you can even. Right. I have not been, but he said when you go there, you'll be a dime a dozen. Oh wow! <laughs> so did you change it because? Why did you change it? I didn't change it. You know, Jenny Leno asked me why I when I named myself, and I was like, I didn't. So I started my career in Asia because I was just a broke student, and I was. I kind of told you a little bit. You have to of, tell that story right now. Okay. The Letterman story. Can you tell? I story? can totally tell it. Yeah, yeah. it happened already. Um, to make a longish story short. Take your time. The <laughs> woman who the woman who took me in when I was like doing commercial work and stuff. She was like. She was super. When you were first starting out, I was first starting out. I was a broke student. I took a semester off of school, and I I had a girlfriend who, you know, and this is not typical in the modeling world where somebody really beautiful and well known, kind of you know, who worked a lot, would say, "Hey, let me introduce you to my clients and let me help you out because I know you're having a hard time." It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's just like I don't know if that happening because it's we're the same mix. You know, she Whoa. she was super beautiful. She's she's half Vietnamese, half white, and she just was like. So she's like a guardian angel. She really, really, really is. She's still around. She's got a family now. She's so such a good human. And she just kind of, she always loved me. And she always sort of, I think at my in my early days, she really felt for me because I, I really struggled a lot. And she just wanted to open doors for me. She totally did. I mean, the doors that opened like were because of her. And I talked about her on the morning too. But um, anyway, so... Uh, she brought me to Asia like during my semester off and I went to Japan for the summer and I um, I worked a little bit and I paid for my indentured servitude because that's how it happens. They give you a contract, you go there and you have to make money and pay them back. Right. And it was awful. It was just awful. <laughs> they would weigh you every Friday. Oh yeah, and if you gained even like a out, and then and they would put it up on a big whiteboard in the office, so when everyone walked in, they would see what your weight was, and they Whoa. would see if you were gaining weight or not gaining weight. It's awful. It's like a really awful industry. <laughs> And um, this modeling agency, they were terrible. Anyway, so I went to Japan, and that wow. was the first time I tra traveled internationally as an adult. And I was like, holy shit, like, I grew up on an island. <coughs> I went to New York once, because my dad's from New York, and like met my family when I was nine, and that was it. Like, I'd never been on the island. So to me, it was like, Tokyo wow. was like, whole, there's a whole world out there that I've not seen, and people, and just, it was so fascinating. So I got back to Hawaii and I was just like I was bit by the bug I had to travel I had to so the next place she took me to was Taiwan with her and as luck would have it I didn't work there I just at the time they were looking for famous Chinese people and like white white girls they, blonde hair blue eyes that's all they wanted in the modeling world at that time 
So I'd go into auditions and they were like, no, we don't want you. We don't want exotic. That's not what we're into right now. Huh. So I didn't, I didn't get any jobs and I was like, shit, how am I going to pay them back to get home? And, and I would go to the night market every night to get my dinner. Cause it was like a dollar us to get like a starch, a protein, a vegetable. Wow. I would walk there every night by myself. And this woman one day came up to me and she said, you know, who are you? Like, I see you here alone and you just kind of don't know anybody. You don't speak the language. I said, I really don't. She said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm not a model because I don't work. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been trying to, and this has been really hard. And she said, you know, you should go to Hong Kong. And I was like, why would I, <laughs> why would I do that? Like, I'm already in this country where I don't speak the language right. and I'm so lonely. And, <coughs> and she went, well, it's a much more international city than Taipei. You should, I think they would get you there. I was like, I don't know. I don't have the money. She gave me a phone number and she said, if you ever get there, call this woman. She's a good woman. She'll help you. And that night I went back to my uh, love motel, like shitty, terrible. Like you could hear people having sex and it was just awful. Like the lights were super dim. It was really gross. So I went back and there was a guy that worked the front desk <coughs> and he would watch me walk in every day. And that day I walked wow. in and he goes, how much did you pay for, you know, I would buy the, the, the lunch box and a piece of corn. It was like 30 cents. So I'd spend a dollar 30 every night and that's all I could afford. Wow. And I said, I don't know, like 30 cents. And he goes, that's so expensive. Why are you paying so much? I was like, I thought it was cheap. And he goes, no, they're ripping you off because you're a Westerner. Wow. I was like, well, I, I like corn. And he goes, don't do me a favor. Don't buy it anymore. I don't like when they do that. And I was like, oh, but I, okay. So the next night I come home and he's, I, without the corn, because he told me not to buy it. And he sees me and he gets more excited than I've ever seen this guy get. And he like, grabs my hand and he takes me to the back behind the front desk. And there's this like little room and he opens the door and there's like a sink and a toilet. You could wash your hands while you're peeing. Like it was just so tiny. And there was a huge garbage bag on the floor. And I was like, oh no, he killed somebody. They're showing the bodies in the back. You know what I mean? I was like, oh no. And he opens the bag and it's full of corn wow. in the husk. And he said, every night when you come home, I'll boil you one because I, I bought this whole bag for the price that you bought the one. Oh my God. And I remember. That is adorable. It's so, I went up to my room and I just cried because I was just like, people can be really kind, you know? <laughs> yeah. And when they are, it, it shouldn't be shocking, but it really is, you know? Cause he didn't have to, he didn't know me from Adam. Like he didn't have to. Well, it's also, it's like that old saying where the, the train always comes when you light your cigarette. You were resigned to buy that corn. You were like, fuck it. I like corn. I'm just going to buy it for 30 cents for the rest of my life. Right. And then this, and then, you know, it wasn't like you were protesting it. Right. You were just like, that's it. I'm just going to flow with this. Yeah. And then that's when the universe says, all right, let me help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me show you that, like, people are watching out for you. Yeah. Which I kind of wasn't experiencing at the time. And so it was like, wow. And then. I kind of, I thought about it that night and I went, why not? Like, what do I have to lose? I don't have, so at the time I called my boyfriend and I said, Hey, uh, can you Western union? Remember Western union? I guess yeah, it's still sure, around, yeah, but sure. can you Western union like 200 bucks? I'm going to buy a one way ticket to Hong Kong and see what happens. Right. And he's like, what? So we did it. And then I, I did it. I bought the one way ticket. I landed in Hong Kong. I call this woman and she says, take a bus to my office. And I get to her office and she's like, got this tiny little office with like, two booking agents and herself and her boss, who I guess was the investor who opened this uh, um, modeling agency with her. And so she takes a meeting with me and I have like two photos because I'm not a real model. I've only done like sort of one thing in Japan and you know, whatever. And um, 
and she says, you know, I only remembered this like a few years ago that her boss came into the room and said, can I talk to you for a minute? And like pulled her outside into the hallway. And I still remember it because it was glass and I saw them talking in the hallway. And then she came back into the room and basically said, all right, we'll help you. And she let me live on her floor for like, I slept on her floor for like a year wow. before I could afford to rent a room somewhere on my own. Hmm. Anyway, so many, many years later, she told me that when he pulled her out of the room, he said, said to her exactly this. He said, this girl is not a model. She's going to go all the way. Whoa. Help her. He just sized you up? I don't know what it was. He was a businessman. It wasn't weird. He didn't have like an interest in me. There was no weirdness. It was just, it was a feeling. Wow. And she did. And she did it anyway. She was a really Christian woman. Like very weird that she was such a devout Christian in the modeling industry. <laughs> She became like, she was like my fairy godmother. She was like my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my aunt, like everybody wrapped up into one. And um, without her, I just wouldn't have made it. I had 20 bucks in my pocket. I couldn't afford anything. So I was with her for seven years. And then during yeah. that time, I was signed by Jackie Chan's movie company. Right. In Hong Kong. And I started doing movies. Wait, how did that come about? They just approached me and said, people want to see you in movies. And I was like, what? Why? And they were like, they're asking about you. I'm like, why Why would they be? That makes no so, sense. So saw you as a model? Yeah. Okay. And they said, people are asking. And then I ended up doing like this music video with this like really famous young singer whose parents were super famous. His father's like the Humphrey Bogart of, of, of Hong Kong. And this kid was like, when he came out of the hospital, like as a baby, like he was photographed, like probably the most photographed kid. You know, <laughs> he was like these two famous people's kid. Right. And, and then after I did that video with him, just people just, I don't know, like, wanted to see me more right. for whatever reason and so uh i initially turned like, it down uh, courtney cox and the and the bruce springsteen right 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 so that happened i initially said no because i was just like you know you're, you're people, not... people, i didn't understand it you know kind of like you when we had that conversation during balls of fury and you're like why are these people making such a big deal out of me i've never done a movie <laughs> and you were a little confused by it right like, right but you had won a Tony already. So I get why they were making a big deal to you, but I didn't really get it and didn't have a lot of self-worth at the time. And then I also sort of felt like, what, if I say yes, then I obviously don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a trained actor. So <laughs> right. if I disappoint Jackie Chan, then it's done. Well, so he's, yeah. he's the biggest, right? You have these, like this series of, of important turning business minds. Sure. People. Around me, yeah looking at you and seeing something in you that you uh, don't see yeah, yeah. yeah thank god that they saw it because i wouldn't wow. have, i wouldn't have pursued it i wasn't like i want to be an actor so that happened i started doing all these movies in hong kong and you oh. started doing stunts and martial arts i was trained by jackie's team wow he has like a team of 10 guys who go on his, uh, every movie with him so if you know his team and you watch his movies you recognize they're in every movie Wow. They're all the guys he fights because you can't just fight Jackie Chan. You got to be good enough, right? Right. So he trains them, and then they play his whoever, whatever roles Holy need to be shit. played. So when I was nineteen, she said to me, she stayed up late every night and watched Letterman at midnight in Hong Kong, and and I was a kid and I hadn't done anything yet. And she said, you know, you're going to be on Letterman one day. And I I just laughed and I said, why would you say that? And she goes, I just know it. I know you're going to be on Letterman. I'm like, I'm not. I don't do anything. Why would I? Ever? She goes, no, Maggie, it's going to happen. Wow. And then she just knew it. She just, I don't know how she knew it, but she just said, I just see you. And then, you know, I was 19. And then were you always just like down to earth and just like, like available, like 
like talk and like I, chat with people like a like a normal person like were you always like just, an affable person i think we, i just grew up with nothing and so we didn't have any privilege growing up we didn't have a lot of money there was a lot of kids there's five of us so it was just very normal you know what i mean it was just pretty like well, you're the youngest of five i'm the youngest of five so and that's also the one that's got to get the attention well, I got a lot of attention as a kid. I did, okay, so. and for my brothers and sisters too. They like took really good care of me. They okay. were super good to me. But um, so you were well rounded and balanced. I was. I was um, growing up was tough, but it was like I was. A, <laughs> I was always a creative person. You know, I was like the person in my family who was super creative. So I didn't know if anybody really understood that. And then I have an immigrant mother and a military father, and it was like they didn't really get the creativity thing. So I, tr I tried to like take drama and do all those things like photography, ceramics, and I wasn't allowed to. Because they just were like, that's not gonna make you money. That's not gonna give you a job making pottery. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? But it was like what I wanted to do. And so um, it was just weird getting into the business because I never thought a creative career was possible. I just didn't think it was because they didn't think it was. So then cut to you on Letterman. So cut to, Many, many years later, I'm on a show on CBS yeah. and Letterman announces his retirement. And I had done, at that point, I had done every other talk show except Letterman because he kind of skewed older. Right. And so I kind of did the, you know, the younger, whatever show sure, I was on, sure. you know, or movie I was in, I would, whatever. Sure. Or if I was doing a big movie, which I had done, you know, the, the more, the name actors would do Letterman and I would do like the smaller talk shows. So I never did Letterman and then I'm on the CBS show and he announces his retirement in a year and I went... Oh, I gotta, I gotta do it before he, he goes, right? Yeah. So my publicist calls Letterman and says, you know, we got Maggie and they were like, great, and he got scheduled. So I bought her a ticket from Hong Kong. I didn't tell her what it was. She thought I was getting, like, it was a secret wedding. <laughs> so she's like, what, what is this? I said, well, you're gonna fly to New York on this day and you're in this hotel. And so she arrives and I had my, my lawyer and one of my best friends go and pick her up from the hotel and the town car picks her up. and. They pull up outside of, you know, Letterman's little, and you know, there's that big sign. This is the, the David Letterman show, whatever. And I guess she, I wasn't there, obviously I was backstage, but she got out of the car and she was like, saw the sign and she just, they said she just fell to her knees. She was crying so hard that she couldn't stand up. So they kind of helped her and she was just wailing. She couldn't believe it. And, so and as, I, as I was saying to you, I had told Dave about it and, <laughs> He was so kind to her. He was so, he made me kind of tell the story of how she helped me and that I wouldn't have been here without her. And um, he called her out in the audience and the camera went to her and she didn't know what to do. She's oh, a little Asian wow. woman, she's crying. And, and he got up out of his chair and he walked into the audience and he gave her a hug and he kissed her on the hand. And he said, thank you for what you did for her. You know, she wouldn't be here without you. And she just, she was so speechless. She's wow. And it was like that full circle moment where <laughs> Somebody saw something, and then I was able to make it happen for them. You know that vision. He's cool. He's cool. <coughs> You're cool. No, it was cool of him to do that. That's cool that you were able to do that for her. Huge. Um, it's a dream come true. Do you know that there's a study? Oh. The people that change their names to Q are successful. Really? Yeah. So, so this is how that happened, because you asked me. Leno said, when did you change your, or when did you name yourself? And I laughed, I was like, I didn't name, I didn't sit around and go, what should I call? Quigley is impossible for Asians to pronounce. Right? 
<laughs> they can't do it. I'm talking about like Asians. English isn't their first language. Not, not right, obviously right. not Asian Americans, but Asians yes. on that side of the world were like, they just couldn't do it. And so they shortened it just so that they could. Do, and then wow. one day this huge newspaper, like the biggest in Hong Kong and China, whatever, called the Apple Daily, they had a headline about me and it said Maggie Q. And then after that, that's what everyone called me. And that wow. was it. And then when I got to the States, I was like, they were, CAA was like, do you want to keep? And my theater friends in New York was so funny. They would always say to me like, so if you ever come to Hollywood, are you gonna use your porn name? <laughs> like, Assholes, theater snobs. I was like, yeah, maybe I will. But what I, what I, well, the reason I signed with CAA is because they were the only ones who saw it and knew that I would come here. All the other agencies turned me down. Huh. Yep, every single one of them. Well, they won. And CAA said, nope. It's a global, it'll be a very global marketplace soon. And it's a big, you know, it's a big deal that you're known on the other side of the world. All right. Tell me about Fantasy Island. Oh, that was so fun. First of all, I never get the good locations. I'm always like in Canada freezing my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fantasy Island is a, you know, it's a remake of the show. And it's so funny because I was in the salon before I went to Fiji. And but it's a, it's a movie, right? It's a movie. And, um. What's it come out? Comes out in February. Okay. And then everyone who's like the senior hairdressers who are like 40 plus were like, oh, that's amazing. They're all excited. And all the junior assistants were like, what's fantasy? Well, like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if it does well, like it'll pay off for the people who know it because we are nodding big time to the show. But what they did, which I think is very smart, was they, they made that twist. There's a twist. It's a Blumhouse movie. Right. So there's a, a bit of a, there's a scary element. It's not a horror movie, but it's. It's it's pretty it's the script was great. The director wrote it with right. his two other writing partners and it was just, you know, Michael Peña plays Mr. Rourke, who's right. such a fantastic actor. It's such a good time. I actually took the movie to work with Michael, really. Right. Like I I just love him as an actor and most of our stuff's together. So I just thought we could create something together and we did. We we had a lot of study time and we just we put a lot of work into it. So I think it's going to be one of those commercial films that has surprising performances in it. So is it that there has been this specific island throughout history that, that yeah. makes this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that when you arrive, you know, you have a fantasy. And, and it comes true. And, it, and he makes it come true for you. But everyone knows there's a price, right? Right. So that's what the movie's about. What's the price for each guest? There's five of us. Ricardo Montalban. I used to love that show. Peña did like down to... I am going to give you your greatest wish. Yes, pretty much. Who plays tattoo? So that's what everyone keeps asking me if there's a tattoo. Yeah, and, and I can't... It Peter, it's not Peter English. I can't... Yeah, right. I think actually the director approached him to play Mr. Rourke initially. He wanted to just do a play, a twist on the whole thing. Oh, to but play... It, to, for tattoo to play Mr. Rourke. Yeah. Wow. But then Peter had just done that movie or that oh. that show about, right, about him. yeah so it was just like a weird time and you know he'd just done something about him so he gotcha. wasn't gonna do that but it all ended up so i can't say if there's a tattoo because you'll find out when you watch the movie gotcha yeah, yeah. all right yeah yeah it's, it's fun it's really fun that reveal son of tattoo <laughs> <laughs> he's even he's half the size okay so here's a fun fact mm -hmm. so the lagoon in yes. balls of fury which we shot in the middle of L.A., downtown right. L.A., at the Arbitrarium. Yeah. The Arborarium. The Arborarium. When they have fucking peacocks walking around. Totally, everywhere. That was the set of Fantasy Island. 
And we shot there and in we 2007. And we shot Balls of Fury, the rope bridge scene. <laughs> when Chris Walken was chasing me <laughs> and saying, Dad, when I catch you, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> I told you that story, right? That's that George, is that's, the most incredible story. That's George Lopez's favorite story, I think. He keeps he kept bringing it up last night. <laughs> it is one of the funniest. So here's what happened. I don't know how it happened. Well, you were climbing too so slow. I'm cl- well, I was I'm a, I was a I was a large boy at that moment. <laughs> I was very heavy, and I'm climbing this flimsy fucking rope bridge, <laughs> and I'm looking around, and I'm in short shorts, and I'm like, no one's around. I'm just gonna take my time walking yeah, up this. It's a thing. wide, whatever. The next thing I know, I turn around and walking is right there, just up over my shoulder and just in, in, in a humping distance <laughs> with his satiny purple pants. Right. Saying, Dan, when I catch you, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> and then instantly I was like spry as a gazelle. <laughs> Light as a feather. Light as a feather. <laughs> it, was, it was like Crouching Tiger. I was just like, ding dong, doo. And I just jumped up the fucking rope bridge. Wireless parkour, damn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need wires. You know, when a grown man says he's going to do that to you, it inspires <laughs> something. You know what his favorite joke is? Chris Walken's favorite joke? What? His favorite joke was, it's terrible. It's the... <laughs> it's a visual joke, which is why this is terrible for radio. But he was just like, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, Dan... He goes, Dan, what is the what is the Polish raging bull do? And, and he he takes his pants, which were stretchy pants, yeah. and he pulls them out to like very clown clown distance and yeah. he looks down at his penis. <laughs> you know, inside his I can't see what's going on there, but he's like, you know, it's like he pulls his pants out very far, <laughs> looks down into his pants. <laughs> and he says, yelling at his own penis, You fuck my wife as the <laughs> The raging bull, <laughs> screaming at your own penis if you fucked your wife. <laughs> that's, that's just to give you a glimpse. But that's the walking humor. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a strange dude. Very strange. He's a very strange dude. Um, very entertaining though. What was your like? We had there were so many that movie. I just was think people crazy. bore him. I do because he's so worshipped. He, yeah. he is. He's worshipped. People sure. get nervous around him. And yeah. he's so iconic that I think that, this is my assessment anyway, I think that people bore him because they're just so agreeable when it comes to him. Sure. And so I think he just fucks with people because that is right. funny to him. He, what I noticed from him was that, well, first of all, he had the, the whole birthday thing. The birthday thing is amazing. Which is, for those of you who don't know, I, I was... There was this thing that was going around set. This PA who had worked with Walken before on another set was going around telling people, wait for Walken to say it's his birthday when it's not. <laughs> and you had told me that previous to right, that right. day. Yeah. I was like, just I was like, this guy told me that Walken yeah. at some point is gonna walk in to the to the trailer and be all mopey. Yeah. And so and the makeup ladies are gonna go, What's wrong? What's wrong, Chris? Yeah. He's like, you know, it's my birthday. <laughs> Everyone forgot. And then the next thing you know, they're going to bring in fucking cake with sparklers and they well, sing no. happy birthday. Yeah, they did a whole exactly. thing. Like, the directors felt so bad. Yeah, exactly. How could it be his birthday on every movie? Like? <laughs> <laughs> the guy works all the time. He had like 10 birthdays a year. And what's funny is that he, what he did was he had said that and the directors had found out 
<laughs> and they were freaking out. And he started to walk back to his trailer and he had his head down and he was really like, looked really sad. And um, they asked him where he was going. And he said, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to go call my mother. Oh my God. And she forgot. So she go. forgot too. Yeah. Everyone gonna, forgets. Yeah, pretty much. And they were like, oh shit. They were like, oh my God, he's been reduced to like going back to his trailer and calling his mother because nobody cares about him. Oh, that's so sad. And then he got back to set and it was like, it was like a child's birthday. It was happy I mean, birthday. They bought balloons. They got the cake. The cake was enormous. And then I, and then we're back in the trailer. I'm sitting next to him. We're getting our makeup put on after lunch. And he goes, I go, what's all the fuss, Chris? And he goes, this is not my birthday, you know. People singing. And I knew, and I couldn't help just the tone of my voice. I was like, birthday, huh? And he goes, and then he just starts getting all self-conscious. And he's just like, yeah, why? Why wouldn't it be my birthday, Dan? It is, it is my birthday. Oh my God. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so priceless. I love that story. That's what he does. He's, um, he's, I mean, I'm so happy we got to work with him on that. Like what's so, what? So lucky. What other like spotlight has uh, in a movie has been, he has been on him since then. You, is it a crazy way of saying oh, that? Oh, that's interesting. Like, what other movie has he been in that people can, since then? I mean, did we fuck up his career? <laughs> He's, he was in, like... We destroyed him. <coughs> his I voice can't. was in shit. Always. People love him in that. Yeah. People He's at cons... so funny. People, people come up to me during cons, Comic-Cons, to sign or whatever, to sign ping-pong paddles all the time. Of course. And... um. They say that they that they need a sequel and that they love they love walking in it. They He's fucking, so funny in it. Yeah, they quote him all the time. Oh my god! Those are the quotes that they say when they really. Come to, yeah, yeah. They, they quote him. They quote to you. Fang. Yeah. I mean, it's he's a cross-dressing ping pong player. He, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could I mean, you does not? Does it get better than how that? Could you not and love only him. he could do that. You know, no winking, just straight, you know? What was the, uh, what was like the craziest thing that happened to you on that set that was positive? Uh, <laughs> that we can share publicly. Yes, yes. Um, what, was the, what was the craziest thing that happened? I just remember, like I was talking about the other night, it was so funny, we were shooting at Universal City for a while, Universal Studios, and, um, you know, it's a comedy, so you can kind of chill a little bit. You know, you don't have to, it's not like a drama where you have to prepare and be in a place in your head and kind of have that going on. There's not a lot of stress, right? Yeah. So George and I decided that we were going to just drink tequila awesome. at lunchtime. That's, all, that's just, great. Just walk up to Universal City Walk and just openly drink. Hollywood. And as you know, day drinking is really fun. Fuck yeah. Right. And then we'd get back to set and we just laugh. And it was just that cast. We were talking about last night. Terry Crews, you, Pat Oswald, Chris Walken. I love that George left out Chris Walken, which is hysterical. Aisha, <laughs> Dietrich Bader, Tom Lennon, like really funny, really funny people. Yeah. Who I think would sequel it up with us. I do. 
Yeah, we just gotta figure out what that what that would look like. Yeah. But I'm fucking down. I'm man. so it's so da- it's it's done. My, it's done in our minds. My ping pong game was incredible during that time. It really was, and we were trained. I don't know if people know this, Dan, but we were trained by like <laughs> the, like the Chinese national coaches, bronze right? medalists, bronze medalists, and- who trained. Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. Who trained Tom Hanks and like the Chinese national team. And then you and I showed up the first day at, at like practice and we were making jokes and like laughing and making fun of it. And they like, ser- they put the, the hammer down. They were like, this is a serious sport. And they were <laughs> they were not laughing. We were like, no, okay, no. I'm sorry. And then 20 minutes in, we were sweating our balls off. Yeah. It was so hard. I had ping pong elbow. By the end of my my by the end of that shoot, my right arm was hanging by a thread. <laughs> your fingers were down by your knees. Yeah, I had from just swinging my arm, doing forearms all day long, forehands, forehands. <laughs> um, it's not an easy sport. Oh hell no! Hell no! And yeah, we had some CG, but we also played. Remember you know that what guy me out about that movie is what? they cut out our training sequence. Which one was that? Well, we did this whole montage of like a training sequence where I, I was like getting you in shape for ping pong. But and it was like, it they cut it out because they had done like a test screening in Long Beach. Because everyone work. knows that Long Beach is like the epitome of like where everyone knows Culture. what funny means, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, the. They started the, throwing shit at the Yeah. Screen. And then, yeah. The overwhelming <laughs> feeling. No montages! <laughs> they got like bonehead overwhelming feedback that there weren't enough like ball punches in the movie. We want more genital punching. That's what they got at a Long Beach? No shit. And then Is that why they added all the ball punches? That that's why we shot more of that. Wow. Yeah. People need to get kicked in the balls more. Pretty pretty much. And then they then they cut and the directors kind of panicked and then the movie is named Balls of Fury. Where are all the balls punching? You pretty Pretty, that's kind of exactly so Universal was like well let's put it in and I don't know I was expecting a lot more ball punching yeah a little disappointed by the lack of ball punching considering what the title is and they cut out your dad's funeral like the whole thing they cut out like some pretty like genius moments which kind of bummed me out the dad's funeral part I can see why they cut that out okay I, I was I was suddenly in another movie I was I was going for an Oscar I was like trying to like and doesn't that piss you like off I that you in... didn't get the Oscar it... for that <laughs> In the ping pong movie, I should I should have been going for comedy. They probably watched the dailies and was like, "Yeah, good Dan. Yeah, yeah. The fuck is this, <laughs> Officer and Gentleman? Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> My hand in a sling. Oh my god. Um, you have a sling. <laughs> I look terrible too. They were like, "Let's put your hair in a. Let's put it back in this one shot." They did back. I look like an asshole. I don't know. Who the fuck chose those chops? It wasn't you? I did not choose. I love that George last night said he thought those were your chops. He's like, hey, man, I don't you always have those? I was like, my hell no. He's like, that's why they fucking cast you, right? I was like, no. No, they didn't, like, come with me. He's like, no, they fucking... that the African-American guy in Edward the Dragon has them. That's right. And they were like, hey, we want to give these to right, you. and you. And I was just like, okay. And, and you have enough facial hair to grow them. Yes, several. So they didn't have to, like, slap them on. No. And I, in, in hindsight, I should have slapped them on. <laughs> because going home at night with those fucking things on my face. 
I'm surprised she married you. Right? Right? She was interested in me before those, though. Oh, okay. That's good. So she knew the three Dan. Yeah, which wasn't that much better either. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking. We got cute kids, though. That's the understatement of the century. <laughs> Your kids are so cute. They are very they cute. They look like cherubs. They are. They don't look real. No, they have little wings and they fly around. And they have beautiful mouths. And they they have like happy mouths. They are. No, very they have happy. your smiles. Oh, like, yeah, they have the. It's really cute. I always say that yes, they they're very love. The the youngest one looks just like me. She really does. And then she's going to hit puberty, and she's going to look like a monster. She's going to start <laughs> growing hair all over the place, and I'm just so sad for her for that when that happens. I'm like, honey. <laughs> We're just going to have vats of well, nair. It, and... At least she'll have someone to talk to you about it. I guess. Not me. I'm just going to be like so ashamed. I'm going to go work. You're so, going to disappear. Because I blame me. Right. That's right. She will blame you. Just. Oh, my God. So you know. I always thought daddy's hairiness was kind of she'll funny. She'll wake up in the morning, see you for breakfast, and just start crying. Yeah. You're why I'm like this. It's your DNA. And I'm like, yep. Just work more so she doesn't see you all the time. That's the plan. <laughs> and just, just you can't blame someone who's not there. <laughs> or, I don't know, can you? And just buy her a lot of Teen Wolf t-shirts. <laughs> just own it, honey. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh my god! Speaking of Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf. Um, animals. You're very you love you love animals. I. I'm like a, I'm like an animal stalker. Yeah. Like I will see someone walking a dog down the street, like from a distance. <laughs> yes. And if we're in a conversation, I will look like I'm still paying attention to you. But my mind is just on the arrival of that animal wow. and how I'm going to interact with it. And the truth is I'll already be communicating with that animal before it even gets to me. Telepathically. So, yeah. So people will go. How does that dog love you so much? All of a sudden, I'm like, and I don't say it because I don't want to sound crazy. I'm just gonna sound crazy now. But inside, I'm like, well, I already we started. I already started this conversation like before, way before he got here. That's beautiful. Or so you got... are. So that goes into another conversation we'll have here. Okay. So you are aware of extrasensory abilities that you have. I am now. I didn't. Before I didn't embrace it before because it's weird. That's why it's great. You know what I mean? So I thought, I just thought, nah, I just ignore stuff. And so I'm... that's the thing that, um, you know, Native Americans. But I feel so connected to that Native American, that <laughs> spirit, that, that, that kinship and that mutual respect for the wild world. I have a mad respect for, the, for nature. I went to, uh, for this martial arts documentary I'm doing, oh, which cool. you have to be on, okay. called um, uh, Story of Masters. <clears throat> I went to China. Wow. And I went to um, into the mountains, to Ooh. the to the birthplace of uh, uh, of like kung fu of Zen. Oh know? wow! Yeah, where but, was that? Do you remember? Um, fuck, up in the mountains. Yeah, it was in the mountains <laughs> um, in China. They had what they had there was the calmest family of dogs I've ever seen. I've never seen that before. I've only seen individual dogs with their owners. Right. This was in this temple. Where they're doing, you know, Tai Chi, and it's just silent. You see the most, the chillest dogs in the world just sitting in a fucking shaft of sunlight. Yeah. Mother, right. father, teenage daughter, little baby, boy, like a family. Huh. Just like the calmest, 
Yeah, but look at the energy they're absorbing. Right. Right? Absorbing. That's the right word. Yeah. And I turned to the, the master there and I say, man, I was like, these are the calmest animals I've ever seen. And he was like, well, the dog is the protector. I mean. That's right. Right? So the it's dog right. is, all, it's like sacred. And, um, God, I wish that was everywhere. Yeah. So you have this sentient being. That's right. That's what people forget. Yeah. And just to see that they're just <clears throat> as chill as any human. And emitting that energy. And in tune. Yeah. Totally in tune. So and to be aware of you being aware of your ability to. Yeah. I mean, it's very. It's it's something that we have lost touch with. They talk about Native Americans, the Hopi, Aborigines. They talk about the fact that uh oh, the black helicopters. Yeah, calling all astral projectors. Calling all astral projectors. Now it's time for tales from beyond the veil. Some people have six senses. But there was a time when we had and wow. that's what the Native Americans talk about, you know, the language of the animals, the language totally. of the wind, the language of the stars. Totally. You know, when I when I had just lost my dog last year, he was sixteen years old, he was the love of my life. He came from China actually. Huh. He was a Chinese street dog. And I took four of them from China when I moved back to the States. And I lost him just last year. He was sixteen. And he was German Shepherd. And he was the most regal, amazing, I had the most amazing journey with this animal. And when he was on his way out, like that last week of his life, which yeah. I knew was coming and he was getting weaker. And I was in the backyard and I was talking to a friend of mine and this hawk right. flew over my head so low. I mean, lower than he should have been flying. And I think it's because I wasn't paying attention to the fact that uh, he he was around and okay. flew over my head and then he flew into the tree right above the house. It's a big tree that overlooked the whole property. This is a second hawk story. This is my second hawk story. I have so many crazy animal encounters and and he sat there and I when I saw him, I got a phone my friend and I sat there staring at him and I burst into tears and I couldn't stop crying. Hummingbird. Right behind us. Oh, wow. I never saw one so close before. By the way, I've, I've held one. I'll tell you that. You've held a hummingbird? I know. It's so crazy. So I burst into tears. I'm sitting there. I can't stop crying because I know that the hawk in the Native American symbolizes um, right. the, 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 it's the spirit that is sent when you are crossing over into the next life. That's when the hawk comes. And this hawk is a white hawk. I tried to find this hawk in LA, meaning looked it up to see what hawks live in. There's like the red shoulder and the red tail and all these, but there's no white hawk that lives in LA. Whoa. They just don't, I don't know, maybe Northern California, they don't, they don't, it was, it was white. And he stayed the whole week. And by the end of the week, I did something that I don't think people really do. I threw a going away party for my dog. <laughs> So it was like my mom came, my sisters, and all my friends, and all the people who love him who were in the city. They all came, and we had, we had cupcake. You know, we just all hung out with him, and he could he could barely walk at the time, and he never sat down the whole day because he was so happy. And you could just see him go to everyone. This 
emotionally intelligent being and say his goodbyes. You could just see it. And that hawk sat there the whole party. What? Where? In that tree. Wow, just watching. And I kind of shared it with everyone there, and everybody was kind of in awe of it. And a few days later, I said goodbye to him, and I've never seen that hawk since. Holy fuck. But it was the messenger that came and was was like, I'm here for him, and this is your week to get ready, you know, to prepare for him crossing over. Moving from the vibrational body, or the physical body, into the vibrational body. What was the other fucking hawk story you had where it was in your house? I just, I had a girlfriend staying in my guest room one night and she's like a very soft-spoken, very sweet girl. Like her voice isn't, she's not loud like us, you know? Right. Yeah. I get this like on my bedroom door in the morning and I I was like, yeah, I'm still sleeping. And she goes, hey, Mac, um, can you come out here? Just like super chill. And I was like, okay. So I didn't rush. It didn't sound like it was any kind of emergency. So I get up and I come out and there's there's a fucking hawk sitting on my sofa. A full size, like red shoulder hawk. Just there. And I just stood there and I was like, what the? And I checked all the windows and I checked. Everything was closed. He was just in my living room. And I said, he's got to be injured. I mean, I don't know how he got in here, but he's got to be injured. So I got a blanket and I carried him out the door and I had him in the blanket and he just looked at me and he looked at the sky and then he took off and he flew away. He was in perfect health. I just don't, it's crazy. I have a couple hawk stories out here. You have hawk stories too? Yeah. Um, They're powerful. Yeah. There's a family of them. I think they live in the hills right above Chateau Mormont. Oh, okay. So... Uh, the first time I was here for Balls of Fury, okay, they put me up at the chateau. Right. When I got here, I got here early in the morning, and my room wasn't ready. Okay, so they said, "Okay, we're gonna put you in room sixty-four. You know what sixty-four is? No, sixty-four is Maryland's the big room? fucking party room. Oh, the suite, giant the presidential one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I shot so there. Yeah, I walk in there, and I'm looking to one side. And I'm going, okay, that's somebody else. The huge balcony, right? That, yeah. That so looks I'm like, this is somebody's room. This is somebody else's room. This is somebody else's room. I'm like, oh my God, no, this is all mine. Jesus. Open up to this like amazing, you know, party den. And then those wraparound, that wraparound outdoor space balcony with all the flowing fucking white curtains there. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was in a movie. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is what it's like in Hollywood. And when you say it's like, crossing over into the next life it's like the next this was like the herald of the next chapter in my life what, yeah, it was okay so it's it wasn't broadway anymore now now it's like fucking it's movies mm-hmm. i walk out onto the balcony and i'm like this is insane this is i was like what is this a fucking movie i felt like i was in a movie yeah and as soon as i said that i hear oh, oh! and i look up and circling above my head like I'm in a goddamn movie, are these two hawks. These two hawks just circling each other. And I was like, it was just so cinematic and weird. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. It's the next chapter. It's just the next. Right? And animals will show up. It's funny. Like, if you know what your spirit animal is, or you know kind of what you connect to, they'll always show up. Right. And if you look up what it means, you know, it's, it's just an interesting study. Because the Native Americans, I mean, that they sort of live their lives off those principles my last name fogler 
It's a whole name meaning thing. Yeah. Fogler, this fucking, is one of those guys who fucking, you know, had the, like, basically bird catcher, but it's, it's falcon, falcon ears. Where oh, he, really? Yeah. The gloved people. The gloved dudes. <sighs> That's hardcore. Oh. Where the bird shits on your arm. <laughs> and you and you send it out to get things for you. So there was a hummingbird in my house, the house that you came to. Oh. In LA. Hummingbirds are intense, man. And he was, I walked. There, I was, there it is, there it is, right there. I was walking in my car. Is that a bee or a hummingbird? No, oh, that's, that's a, a that one's a bee. That's a big bubble. Um, it's a huge bubble. And <coughs> I, I, I walk by my pool and I look over and I see this little speck on the ground and I look and I'm like, that's weird. And then my dog starts whining and I, I look over and I'm like, what is that? So I walk over and it's like it's, an injured hummingbird. That's what I thought, right? right? So he was just he was sitting. I've never seen a hummingbird sitting. He's sitting by my poolside and he has his eyes closed. I'm like, he's dead. He's gotta be dead. There's yeah. no way. So I crouch down, I go, hello. And I just start talking to him. <laughs> yeah. And no response, you know, and I'm like, this is what's happening. If he was dead, he would fall over, but he's like standing. So I start to just, like if you do with birds, you know, you sort of just nudge their tummies just to see what the activity is. So I sort of put my hand on his stomach and he opens his eyes. I'm like, oh shit, he's a lot, okay. Yeah. And he, I nudge his tummy again. And then he steps on in my finger. And I'm like, no way. what the hell? He has to be injured. Maybe he has a broken wing or something. Yeah. So I lift him to my face and he's looking at me and I'm like, oh. and I, I'm like speechless. I mean, gobsmacked because yeah. I've just never seen one this close. Oh They're so God. beautiful. And then I take my other hand and I start petting his back yeah. and he closes his eyes and he's just letting me caress him from his head all the way down his tail. Oh my and I'm like, God. What the hell is going on? Why is no one here to see this? And then, um, and then he opens his eyes and looks at me, and then he just flies away, and he's perfectly fine. I just don't know. I don't know what it all means, but huh. it's really special when nature. I find it a privilege when they allow you in their space like that. When nature acts different than differently than what you expect. Than what their instincts are to do, right? Yeah. Their instinct wouldn't be to let a human come near them, right? I've, so. had, I've had many weird bird interaction birds are powerful yeah they're um, really when i was in when i was in uh london for fantastic beasts, fantastic beasts yeah. for st john's i was in st john's wood they let they put us in this lovely house fancy schmancers fancy, so fancy with this beautiful backyard and we were told there's a fox in the neighborhood you oh, know amazing and we had and i would see this like fox every once in a while and we had these you know pigeons uh, and we woke up one morning and all over the yard <clears throat> were white pigeon uh, white pigeon feathers just all over the oh, yard no. so it was just like okay so the fox must have caught a pigeon last yeah, night yeah for sure it, if i tell you we had the gardener come we had they mowed the lawn i went around and fucking with a garbage bag like picking up all the fucking individual feathers these feathers would not there were storms it they was like move? they wouldn't leave huh. it was like embedded wow okay it wasn't until i was sitting there and th telling a friend just like i'm telling you now about this thing i was like oh. well, i can't get rid of the fucking feathers it's crazy a pigeon lands another pigeon lands another pigeon lands all at this one time at this spot as we're talking about it 10 fucking pigeons land and start 
counterclockwise. Circling? Circling the spot. Sure. Where the fucking thing was killed. Yep. Morning. By the time the morning came, um, the feathers were gone. Is that crazy? They collected them, you think? It was like a funeral. It was. Absolutely. They absolutely mourn their death. I mean, elephants do it. I mean, we know, you know, whales, you know, there are so many species that we we know now. It's the study that, you know, how sentient they are and how, how in touch they are with family and that they lose and they feel what they feel. And it's like, you can't really ignore that, you know, because especially if you believe that we were created, whoever you believe created, uh, created have all has, have created everything that's here. So aren't they worthy of the same respect and dignity in life that we deserve? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So that's what I believe. We've been talking for an hour. I, I mean, I, we, you know, this is, this podcast. How long is that? What? <laughs> How long is the podcast? It's sometimes it's, it's a little more than an hour. I mean, oh, we, nice. we basically been talking for the required amount of time. Okay. But, um, so divergent, you know, die hard, mission impossible. These are things that, you know, we'll talk about some other time, but for sure. fuck, there's so there's between Bruce Willis and Tom Cruise, I have like a million questions for yeah, you. Yeah, that's a whole podcast in and Yeah, exactly. Oh. We'll do that. We'll, you'll come back on again. Um, Wonder Woman, you were the voice of Wonder Woman. I am currently still. That is so fucking cool. Isn't it fun? I love that. You know what's really fun is when you get the dialogue and it's like Batman, <laughs> Superman, there's yeah. intergalactic warfare. You know, I mean, it's like shit so, you would never see. Did say. you used to watch the. Super Friends when you were a kid? Big time, but also Linda Carter. I mean, I was a oh, huge wow. fan. I was so a generation you're... before me. Oh, but wow. when I was a kid in the 80s, I mean, it, it was the 70s thing. But I was, I used to dress up like her. I used to like, because we were, So how did you get so, so were you just like, did it just fall on your lap? Or... Yeah, I did. Peter Roth gave it to me. No way. They had a Peter Warner Brothers Roth, television. The producer. Yeah. he. I was working at Warner Brothers at the time at a show at Warner Brothers. And he was like, you know what? You're perfect for this. Do you want to do this? I'm like, do I want to be the voice of Wonder Woman? Yes, I do. I'm a huge Linda Carter fan. I wanted to actually get her on Nikita because I just love her and make the world of her. But it was just so, and then they kind of tweaked the look of the character to kind of look a little more like me, like she was a little more exotic, whatever. And it's just these people, by the way, that do these voices, like just the voiceover talents who aren't famous. They're just people who show up to work in their pajamas and have the best careers ever. Um, they are so freaking talented, man. Like I've been in a session. I do them remotely, like wherever I am in the world. But like yeah. when I'm in a room with all of them, I'm in awe of them. I'm so, I'm just so appreciative of their talent. Like it really is a true talent to be a voiceover artist. It's crazy. Yeah, I love doing this. Stuff. Yeah, that stuff is so fun. It's amazing. So you're fulfilling like a childhood. It dream. kind of is because we didn't have money growing up. Remember underoos? Sure. When it was like okay for kids to just oh walk around in their God. underwear was an outfit. Of course. Um. My neighbor, my best friend, had Wonder Woman underoos. And I was, I wanted them so bad, but my parents, we couldn't afford them. And so she would let me borrow them, which was like weird, but I did. And like, I didn't want to return them because I wanted to be her so bad. So I had to give them back. And then when I did, I still wanted to be her. So I would just make them out of paper. I would just color paper and tape it on my body so I could look like oh. her. <laughs> Darwin. You know, childhood stuff. I did that too. With who? I I was obsessed with Aquaman for some reason. Oh really? Because I had blonde hair. You did. You had blonde hair. Yeah. Like, like your like your girls. Daughter, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like the yeah. one that looks exactly like you. Yes. Whoa. So you'll see. She'll yeah. hit puberty and then she'll she'll, be, look... she'll become a monster. <laughs> so 
so <laughs> I was so sad for her. So, but now she's adorable. I was adorable when I was child, like fucking platinum, platinum blonde hair. So cute. And like I, that kid we saw the game. Oh, the little kid that there. Yeah. Kid oh was man. So cute. It, he was like a little doll. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. You gonna have little kids soon? At some point. You know, I don't know. I don't know what my life looks like because it's sort of one of those things where, because I work in um, uh, child abuse and prevention in the right. U.S. Like for the last two years, I was telling you that I've been doing this work. But th- what's funny about the work that I do in child protection is that it's not, it's not really stuff I can talk about because what we do is super secret. We we specifically. Um, work on uh, internet crimes against children yeah and so um so what we do is really like we don't want people really knowing what we do because it's obviously it's 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 moves to prevent what child crimes on the internet and you don't want people having a leg up on you know on what's happening um to prevent them from doing these things so you have to kind of keep it but i work with a task force i work with um they work with the FBI. We we work on a federal level, and we're we're really trying to get wow. re- legislation in place to protect children in here. In the, obviously, hopefully for the world, but certainly within the U.S., we we have the power to to create standards for the world for kids. And for me, it's like if we're not protecting kids, I don't know what we're doing. I truly don't. So, all right. So, I look at kids the way I look at animals. Yeah. It's like this is def- these are defenseless beings you know and it as adults we have a responsibility to protect those who can't protect themselves period so those two things matter a lot to me yeah mm-hmm. and then that i think that compassion is in your aura oh thanks and that's why an, like a dog will sense you down right. the block and Absolutely. say i like that person well you know what's interesting even as adults you know who's excited about you right <laughs> sure and if someone is, you're going to gravitate towards that because it feels good. Right. Right? Yeah. So I think that's what it is. Um, so that's 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 a nice way to wrap this up. Although I do want to talk to you about... Well, like, no, let's wrap it up. Okay. Come back again. I'm coming. Yeah? I don't even have... I'm not leaving, so... We can have a... Fo- <laughs> we'll have a follow-up. Let's have a follow-up. We should have a follow-up. Then you'll just with, have it. With George. Oh, I would... He... Because he wants to do it. Good. So we'll we'll get him back and then we'll do a that, balls of fury. That is reunion. the best idea ever. I love it. Okay. okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I love you. You're the best.